0: Welcome to this edition of the CFI CFITrainer.net podcast. We'll have a story for you in a few minutes about the final report on the four fatality fire at the Barclay Friends Senior Living Community in Westchester, Pennsylvania. But first, we are pleased to welcome Chad Campanell, a Senior Special Agent and Certified Fire Investigator at the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. He is also the National Center for Explosives Training and Research Liaison to the ATF Fire Research Lab. Special Agent Campanella is here to talk about how ATF assists state and local fire investigators with training and investigations, as well as the strong partnership between the ATF and the IAAI. ATF has long supported Trainer.net by providing experts for module, podcast, and resource development, as well as direct financial support for the platform. Simply, they help Trainer.net stay on the air and available to all of you with quality, vetted content that improves the skills of fire investigators. Special Agent Campanell, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hello, good to be here.
0: I appreciate you taking the time, and uh, I understand you're down working with NFPA. And Do uh, you want to talk about that role that you're doing now? Uh, I am
1: on the technical committee for the new fire investigation unit uh, portion, uh, the new fire investigation unit standard that NFPA is developing.
0: I'm sure they're excited about the work that's being done down there, and it's, well, congratulations to you for being selected. So uh, we were going to talk about the ATF and what they do for fire investigators in the state uh, and local and national level. So how does the ATF support the education and training of fire investigators? Oh, wow,
1: that's that's a loaded question. I mean, every way we can, really. We support the National Fire Academy in Emmitsburg, Maryland, and their basic origin and cause class as well as their basic electrical class. Um, we offer advanced fire origin and cause training at our National Center for Explosives Training and Research down at the Redstone Arsenal in Huntsville, Alabama. Um, all of our CFIs travel around the country and offer our state and local fire investigation counterparts, fire investigation-related training. Uh, we're invited to several... Uh, Conferences that are hosted by our state local counterparts, local chapters of the International Association of Arson Investigators, um, as well as hosting conferences. Sometimes we will bring we will host a conference and bring fire investigators in from the area to uh, provide them with training.
0: So tell me about the ATF FRL uh, and how local and state investigators can get access to the lab's experience.
1: Oh, our, State local fire investigators, all they need to know is who their local CFI is. Uh, their local ATF-certified fire investigator is their conduit to the FRL. Um, the CFI re- will, after receiving a call for assistance from a state or local, the CFI will reach out to either myself or one of the engineers at the fire research laboratory to see what they can do. Usually it's something as simple as a... Uh, Test. They're, they're at a fire scene. They're presented with a problem that their cognitive testing is running into some limitations on. There's no research available, or they don't know uh, which way the hypothesis can go. That's, that's where the FRL comes in. Sometimes, uh, a lot of times, we can assist them by looking up past research or even past testing that the FRL has done. Um, like if somebody's looking to find out how long a cigarette burns in a polyurethane foam chair before it ignites, Uh, and they don't have a basis for that. They can call us up and we can do some research and try to find out if it's something that requires uh, more specific testing. Uh, For example, if there hasn't been past research done on it or there hasn't been a past test done on it, we can design a test and actually do it. So if somebody wants to know how a particular brand of cigarettes burns in a particular chair... We can design a test where we go out, we buy those cigarettes, we buy that chair, and we conduct a test and we see what it can do.
0: That is uh, an incredibly strong resource for somebody who's out there who doesn't have those kind of resources around them. Uh, right. Simple question. Uh, I, well, I don't know, maybe a stupid question. Does everybody who is... Are, do all fire investigators know who their ATF person or contact is?
1: Oh, that's actually... Pretty good question. Uh, they can call up their local ATF office, uh, which is available in the phone book or however you're going to find the phone number for a local ATF office and ask uh, ask to speak to the resident agent in charge or the group supervisor of that office and ask them.
0: So there's, uh, and all those office numbers are listed, I guess, at atf.gov? I believe so, yes. I also noticed something uh, recently that maybe people aren't aware of, that if you go to atf.gov, you can sign up for ATF updates in your specific area or things that are being put out by that office. So that's sort of a nice feature.
1: That is true. We've also, uh, it's my understanding, although it's not in my uh, particular department, we've increased our social media presence. So there are a lot of ways people can find out what we're doing in their areas.
0: Okay. So what other uh, resources does the ATF um, have? There's quite a few other things that are involved for local fire investigators. Like, talk a little bit about NRT and BATS and NCEDAR. Oh, wow. How much time do you got? Uh, We got time. Um, (laughs) Well, I mean, our national response
1: team, uh, a lot lot of people know our national response team, is comprised of veteran special agents, including certified fire investigators like myself, uh, explosives enforcement officers, certified explosive specialists, forensic chemists, Fire protection engineers, electrical engineers. Uh, the NRT responds to uh, major fire and explosion scenes around the country. They bring with them a wealth of knowledge, working major fire scenes. Um, you know what some what might what might be a once in a lifetime fire for a particular area. The NRT does all the time, and having that team come in to assist you with. That major fire scene, uh, might be of great benefit to, uh, to your community. Um, you know, if a state or local fire investigator is tasked with investigating a large fire scene, again, it comes down to knowing who your local certified fire investigator is. You reach out to the local certified fire investigator who can start the process for activating the national response team. Uh, there, and there's, there, there's actually several types of responses for the NRC. You don't have to You might not need the full NRT call-out to um, come out to your scene. You might just need help with documenting the fire scene. You might just need help with doing interviews. If you have a 100 interviews that need to be done now, the NRT is a good way to get that done. We can dispatch it. It's almost like, you know, in some cases it's almost NRT a la carte where you pick what you need. Um, And other times it's it's just a full call-out, and that might just be easier to facilitate. And, you know, major fire scenes, it doesn't have to be a warehouse the size of a city block. It can be anything that's significant to the local community. If you have a, just a house fire that has, that's a, that's a large life loss fire or a firefighter line of duty death, these are resources that are available to you that can come in and assist you with that investigation. Um, you know, we also have the, uh, we also believe it or not, this is another, uh, branch of what we do. We also have arson profilers uh, stationed with the FBI in Quantico, Virginia. Uh the Arson profilers, they they're trained to assist fire investigators with everything from developing profiles on serial arsonists to designing interview strategies for potential suspects. Um you mentioned the bomb and arson tracking system. Uh the bomb and arson tracking system is a way for fire investigators and fire investigation units to do everything from manage their cases to uh, do searches of incidents in their area uh, to look for potential trends.
0: Yeah, and I mentioned it. I mentioned it as bats.
1: Bats. Yes, that's correct. Yes.
0: And and I one of the things I have to say is, is that over years I know that it's always a challenge to get people to use reporting software. And I know the demands on fire investigators and fire service people. There, there's already. Many new demands for, for documentation, but uh, one of the things that I've learned is that, first of all, you guys have really done a lot to update uh, the simplicity of using bats and, uh, and also the simplicity uh, or the ease of getting information from it. And uh, there have been some success stories in, in closing some cases.
1: Yeah, I can tell you bats has come a long way since I started using it. I've been using it now for you know, most of my career now. And it has definitely come a long way. It's definitely much more user-friendly.
0: So that's something, uh, I, I guess, I'm trying to remember, how does somebody get access to BATS?
1: Go to BATS.gov and they can sign up
0: for an account. Okay. So tell me about the process. You know, you, ju- you just talked about reaching out to, uh, to a local CFI or, or to getting, getting in touch with somebody through the web uh, from the ATF. And it might be related to a, a, the NRT. Um, what what's the process for the ATF becoming involved? How, how how do I know when I need that help, and and what should I expect?
1: Um, well, and I've been I've responded to many of these calls, so I'm actually I've been on both sides of it. I have been on fire scenes where I have been responding to a call for assistance from a state or local counterpart, and I have been the person assisted by uh, the NRT, where I've been presented with a case where I'm looking at this fire scene, it is, you know, it, you know, a lot of it's just, you know, if you're feeling overwhelmed by a significant scene, that, that that's okay. The help is literally a phone call away. You can call up your local CFI, and that CFI can respond in, and now you have another brain working with you. Um, there's no reason to work a fire scene alone, especially a significant one. Um, you know, and that CFI is gonna bring with him, you know, all of the knowledge training experiences he's gathered over the course of uh so many years. CFIs have access to fire scenes from all over the country. They've got access to the FRL. And just having a CFI at your fire scene is going to increase the amount of hypothesis development and testing that you're going to do during the course of that investigation. Um and at the end of the day, strengthen your overall opinion.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm just sitting here thinking, you know, that there are a lot of people out there that might be on an investigation and they'd be, I don't know if the word squeamish, uh, concerned, uh, feeling like, oh, I, I shouldn't call a federal agency. You know, that's, that's, too, big a, that's too big a phone call. And, and I, the message I continue to hear from you guys is make the call. Make the call.
1: It, it's, it's, old, it's old fire department mentality. It's always easier to turn around a resource than it is
0: to ask for it when it's too late. Well, so everybody out there listening, make the call. <laughs> um, I know that you've been a big advocate of CFITrainer.net from the beginning. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about how uh, you've used it personally? Uh, I think
1: I've taken every class on that. And you know, it's great. It's taught by uh, people that are at the cutting edge of the fire investigation field so you're really getting um you're really getting great training to keep up with whatever certifications you have to maintain for your state um and you know on top of that to fulfill the requirements uh dictated in nfpa 1033 which is the standard for qualifications for fire investigators says that you you know you need to keep updated on the current trends in fire investigation
0: i'm i'm thinking about uh the partnership between the ATF, the IAAI, and CFITrainer.net. And I'm wondering if you could give us sort of a 20,000-foot uh, view of why that's so important to the ATF and uh, and what you see for it in the future.
1: Um, well, I mean, the IAAI is recognized uh, throughout the world in the field of fire investigation. It's a natural fit. Between ATF and the IWI, given our common missions for educating people about fire investigation, um, the IWI and CFItrainer.net act as conduits for the flow of information for what has been developing in a very rapidly changing field of fire investigation.
0: I know that the IWI is very grateful to be involved with the ATF and, and also very grateful for the support that the ATF provides. What am I missing?
1: Um, uh, just some other stuff that the CFIs can help with. It's not just the, we don't just help with fire scenes, we help with um, trial strategies too. Um, a lot of times, uh, you know, prosecutors, attorneys, don't do a lot of fire investigation cases. They don't prosecute a lot of arson cases. And in those cases where a fire investigator is bringing a case to court, where it is a, um, classified as an incendiary fire and it is an arson in their jurisdiction, there is a pretty good chance that the prosecutor that's prosecuting the case doesn't have a lot of experience doing arson cases. We offer an arson for prosecutor school out of the NCDR, um, in addition to Uh, our advanced origin and cause class that we offer out of the NCA that I failed to mention before. But our Arson for Prosecutors class is given around the country, and it trains prosecutors on some of the issues that come up during arson trials. Um, Additionally, a local CFI or we can fly a CFI in if it's requested to actually um, counsel the prosecutor when dealing with issues that come up in court, um, you know, things like trial preparation for fire investigation expert witnesses and, you know, report reviews, things along that line, are other services that we bring to the table that aren't directly related to excavating fire scenes.
0: That's really interesting. I had not heard about that and a uh, great addition to our information today. Well, we thank you very much. Chad Campanell, he's a senior agent with the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. Thank you very much for your time, Chad.
1: Thank you so much.
0: We'll be in touch in the future. All right, sounds good. There's a recent example in the news about how ATF can support local fire investigators in a tough case. In 2017, a five-alarm fire at a multi-building senior nursing and rehabilitation center killed four elderly residents. Due to the extensive damage to the property and the size of the fire, local officials requested the ATF join the investigation. In January 2019, the final origin and cause report of the joint investigation between ATF and the Chester County Fire Marshal's Office was released. The damage to the building made it impossible to determine the precise origin and cause, although the report states the opinion that the fire likely started in the rear garden room, which was an outdoor patio, under an overhang. The investigators did not believe the fire was intentional the investigation did find that the main valve to the sprinkler system in the building where the fire began had been closed at some point prior to the fire according to atf despite extensive testing and interviews investigators were unable to determine definitively when the valve was turned off but based on the totality of the investigation investigators believe it was off during the fire The investigators did not render an opinion as to whether a properly functioning sprinkler system would have affected the fire growth and spread given the origin. Factors contributing to the fire spread included strong winds, flammability of vinyl siding, and the lack of exterior sprinklers, which are not required by code. The fire investigation was a collaborative effort between the Chester County District Attorney's Office, Chester County Fire Marshal's Office, Pennsylvania State Police, West Chester Police Department, Chester County Sheriff's Office, and Chester County Department of Emergency Services. The investigation included more than 300 interviews, an extensive fire scene examination, review of witness photos and videos, and testing at the ATF Fire Research Lab. CFI Trainer extends its deepest condolences to the families of the residents who died in this fire. If you're interested in learning more about automatic sprinkler systems, how they can become impaired, pre-planning for response to protect properties, and how to interact with sprinkler systems at a response, there are two links to further training on this podcast page. One online training module from the National Fallen Firefighters Foundation and the Fighting Fire and Sprinkler Buildings Program from FM Global. If you're responsible for doing pre-planning or respond to properties protected by sprinkler systems, you might want to review this training and forward it to your colleagues. Just a shout out to the folks at Ball Watch Switzerland. Wanted to say how grateful we are for them donating a watch to the IWI Foundation Auction for this year's ITC. If you missed out, you can learn more about that watch in the news section of the IWI's website at firearson.com. And just a reminder to all of you, a majority of our funding for CFITrainer.net And this podcast comes from a grant from DHS FEMA USFA, the Fire Prevention and Safety Grants. For the International Association of Arson Investigators and CFITrainer.net, I'm Rod Ammon.